You're listening to What If We Loved Podcast, a show about building up the church through love, sonship, and healing. Here are your hosts and founders of Love Inside Out Ministries, Bruce and Shay Mason. Welcome, everybody, to episode 17 of the What If We Loved Podcast. It's just us today, guys. Mm-hmm. Yep, it's good to be back. We don't have any guests with us. But it's fun for just us to be together. Yeah, we do some guests, I think, lined up, up for the, the future. Next, in the next few weeks. So we're looking forward to that. But we thought today we would dive into a subject that has been really on the forefront of our own experiences right in the past, you know, maybe six months or eight months, I guess. And for many of you, you're probably have either experienced this in the past or maybe you're going through it right now at some point you uh, in life just because this is life um, we'll, we'll go through something in the future and that is really the experience of loss uh, and suffering difficulty for us for shay and i in particular we've walked through a period of a lot of loss. It's been a lot of grief this year. Yeah. I, uh, I lost my mother in, uh, I guess, December. And then Shay, you lost your uh, father in March. March. And I'm um, going through now uh, my father's decline as well. And so it's been kind of a heavy season. Now, we don't want this to be a heavy podcast, but it's been a bit of a, a heavy season. And it's, it's, it's raised a lot of questions for us that I think it's important that as Christians, we wrestle with and talk about. So that's what we're going to do today. And that is where, where is God found in suffering? Mm. And what, as a Christian, I almost don't want to put it this way, but what should our response be? I don't want to make it like a, like this is the right way or the wrong way in one sense, because everybody's walk with grief is a little bit different. But as, as a Christian, how are we supposed to walk through grief? And what does God hold out to us? Yeah. And, you know, looking at those times where not just grief, but where you feel like you're really caught in the storm, mm. facing trials that seem maybe insurmountable. Mm-hmm. You know, Jesus says we will have trials. I mean, yeah. there's, there's no way around that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, what can we do to prepare our hearts for those times mm-hmm. and to walk with others who are facing that as well? Mm-hmm. I think one of the, one of the, the mistakes we can make, and sometimes you know, depending on your church tradition, you hear more of this than others, is that we think that somehow when we become a Christian, that there's this, there's supposed to be this rosy picture of now a life of perfectness, a life of, of circumstantial peace in the sense of that things in our life are all going to align and everything is going to be fine and we're never going to experience any trouble or difficulty or struggle, you know, suffering. But as Shay just said, that's not what Jesus said is going to happen. Um, but, but when we take that approach, it can re- it can lead us into a place where when we do face a really difficult situation, we don't know how to handle it because we haven't been prepared for the, the reality or the possibility that, life happens yeah and so we we build up a certain expectation that this shouldn't have happened so now it did so uh why and then we can lead us into a place where we question god's faithfulness we tend to want answers and there isn't necessarily an answer right yeah 
I think there's also it shows a lot of difference between because when you accept this Holy Spirit, I think a lot of us learn, wow, this is amazing. Like we can have this life abundant. Like what did God mean by that? You know, he gave us all these promises. And I think we can really lean into that. And if we're not careful, we can kind of accidentally also lean into a bit of an entitlement. Mm -hmm. Like I, if something wrong happens, God isn't good. Mm -hmm. God isn't there. I'm doing something wrong. Other people are doing something wrong. And we can start making judgments mm. that we were never given the authority to make. <laughs> um, judgments of why it's not working, why we're not getting healed, or why things have happened to begin with. And I think as soon as we make those judgments, we really take ourselves out of being mm. with God and letting Him define truth. Mm -hmm. And we're entering in instead to looking for truth ourselves. Mm and deciding this suffering is happening because of this mm. and making those judgments, which is just a terribly awful place to be. Yeah. What's challenging for us is, you know, did he promise us perfect lives? Did he promise us that nothing bad would ever happen? And a lot of Christians, I think, believe that he did. I think they believe he did promise us those things. Yeah, but I really don't but think I don't that's think biblical. He did. yeah, yeah, he didn't. But I think a lot of people believe mm -hmm. that he has promised us, mm -hmm. you know, especially in, especially in terms of health. I think mm -hmm. people yeah. believe that he's promised us that we will never have any hardship. But he hasn't. He's promised us that he does heal. Mm -hmm. We know he's a healer. We know that his heart for us is always good. We know all these promises, but then we put it together in our minds as he's promised me nothing ever would happen to me, but he never did promise yeah. that. But the promise he did give us, maybe we're jumping, jumping ahead, but am I saying this right now is he did promise us something pretty significant that in the midst of what we're going through in the midst of that suffering or that illness or that loss, or whatever it might be that we're struggling with, he promised us that he would always be with us yeah. in it. Yeah. There's a, there's a couple of stories of Christians who have walked through suffering. Um, that oh, yeah, I want you to share that. Yeah. yeah. I've just been kind of pondering both of these stories this week. And one is an older story that this happened to the um, Christian recording artist, Stephen Curtis Chapman back in 2008, um, when his daughter um, was hit by a car being driven by his son, his older son. And I mean, as a parent, I can't imagine walking through oh. a worse type of grief that it's, it's, not it's only did you lose yeah. one child, but you have another child who inadvertently caused that death and to have to I don't know, to just pain. as a family, the pain of standing in that place. Mm. And I was just reading some quotes. Um, I think his there was a, a book that came out about his story of walking through that. Um, in 2017, I think the book came out, but there was an article that I, I read in the Tennessean about the book, and there were some really good quotes. And one that just really struck me was, Stephen Curtis Chapman said in the midst of it, he was saying, 
God, you can't let this happen. You can't ask this of, of us. I mean, and that's so relatable mm-hmm. in the midst of something horrible. I think this is too much. I can't walk through this. But then he goes on to say, it sure didn't, and it still doesn't make sense, but I never felt like God abandoned us. Mm-hmm. So you don't get to step out of the pain or the grief, but you're not alone in it. He mm-hmm. walks with us in it. And and I know in my own life, walking through um, my dad's cancer battle um, from December to March of this year, that it felt very much like that. It was so painful. And I was asking so many questions and of course I wanted God to just take the cancer away. But in the midst of that, that valley, I encountered God in new ways. And that kind of brings me to the second story that I was looking at. Before, before you get to that, even just since you brought up your own story, you really got to a place where, I mean, we were sitting in, in the bedroom and, and, and you were, I mean, you were in a very raw place and basically oh. saying, I can't. I, I can't. just can't do this. My Everything in me was screaming, I can't. I can't get through this. It was the week we knew yeah. we would be losing my dad. And um, it just, it felt like torture. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, every, it was like every fiber of my being was just screaming, mm-hmm. I can't do this. And God met me there. Mm-hmm. So I, I feel like that, 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 there's at least somebody listening right now is in a similar place to that, that Mm. you're looking at this mountain or this, this insurmountable seeming issue. And you think I can't, I absolutely can't do this. Yeah. That it seems from a human perspective, it seems impossible. Yeah. But God came in and he showed me beauty in the midst of it, which is, it's, it's such a paradox Mm -hmm. because there's nothing, in the human way of thinking, there's nothing beautiful about watching someone die of cancer. It's horrible. But he brought beauty into it mm. by being there. How did you ex- and how did you experience him there? Just seeing the little ways where he was answering my prayers, mm-hmm. the peace that was present in the room as we just we pray we prayed over my dad. We played worship music. Mm. We were there together as a family. And there was just something really special in that time. Mm -hmm. It was like time stopped and we were just there together. And I, I remember praying during that week, one morning when I woke up and I said, I just want to see, I don't even know why I prayed this. Like I just wanted to see transfiguration. That was the word that I had on my heart. And I feel like I really saw that in those final moments. Hmm. of my dad's life that I saw him breathe his last, which I knew would be his first real breath in heaven. And, and there's something incredible about that. Just knowing that he's entered into something I can't even wrap my head around. And that that really is a transfiguration. So even in the midst of of those three months or however long it was of all that your dad went through and all that you experienced and that impossibility of of just sensing how am I going to get through yeah. all of this that when all was said and done and I'm not saying of course I know you're still walking through it but 
But when all was said and done, that God was there. Oh, he, he never. So there. he never left me. Right. And he never left my dad. Mm-hmm. And to see him working in my dad's heart in those last weeks is something I wouldn't trade for anything. And it's become like a treasure now. It really it. it it is a treasure and I can look back at that time and yes, I'm grieving. And do I wish my dad was still here? Of course I do, mm. but I can't sink too far into that grief. And I, and I am allowing myself to, to grieve. That's important, but I can't, I can only sink so far into grief because, because there is a treasure there mm. and, and we are not without hope. And I love that like first Thessalonians four thirteen tells us not to grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope because we mm-hmm. have hope. We have the hope of resurrection mm-hmm. and that changes everything. What I love too is when you were going through that experience, I think, I think that experience really shows a lot about how we can go through suffering, but still have an openness to God mm-hmm. and what he's doing. Because if you had put him in a box of, mm-hmm. okay, God, I want you to heal my dad. You did. Like you wanted him to heal him. Like, but you didn't put him in a box. But I mean, you you did want God to heal your dad. Yeah. You were praying for healing. But if you had gotten to the point of, okay, God, like that's how I'm gonna see you mm-hmm. is if you heal my dad. And that's the only way I'm gonna see you. And that's the only way mm-hmm. you're gonna be here. Right. If you had done that, look at like I just when I look at your journey of really the beauty of God that you experienced mm-hmm. in those moments with your dad, where you were just able to be mm-hmm. so present with God and with your dad and for your dad to meet Jesus in the way he did. And like, if you had limited God and said, Oh, I'm only going to experience God if he heals my dad. Oh, what a sadness. Like yeah. I, I really feel like our openness to God and mm-hmm. saying, Hey God, you're with, you're with me in this. Mm-hmm. I want healing. I want, you can voice everything you want, but right. then still not closing yourself off to God. Right. Cause I would have missed what exactly. God wanted to do in that moment yeah. for my dad and for our family. Yeah. You know, it's easy. And you know, and I've, I've done this myself. It's very easy to fall into what you're talking about, Janie, where, where it's this, if God, you don't do this for me, then maybe you're not as loving as I thought you were, or maybe you're not who I thought you were or whatever it is. And we, and so we place that expectation or we, we put those parameters on God and we say, you have to act in this certain way. Well, why is our love for God? Why should it be conditional? Well, that's the thing. It becomes conditional, doesn't it? But there's, there's so many examples and so many stories and probably even of our own lives of moments where we've been so disappointed by not seeing Mm -hmm. what it is that we had hoped for, not seeing that healing, not seeing our loved one, you know, Mm -hmm. get healed or not having that job happen or not just, you know, go on and on and on with different possibilities. But the thing is, God never changes. Yeah, He's always the same. And if if he's truly loving, then he's never not loving. Mm-hmm. And if he's if he's faithful, then he's ever not faithful. He's never not faithful. Right. I say that right. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. uh, so he's always consistent. So so the ones who are inconsistent, if I want to put it that way, is is us. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. we get blown so and tossed so easily by the waves. We are so inconsistent. <laughs> you know, and God knows that. So it's not. I'm not heaping judgment. I'm just saying that. Because of who we are as human beings, um, God knows that that's what we go through, through. And I think that's part of why he sent Jesus to be on this earth so he could 
walk through that and show us that he has walked through that, you know, demonstrate for us that he's not, walked through the valley of the shadow. Of yeah. God. Not a single thing. You know, scripture is very, very clear. Yeah. And he knows what it's like to grieve. He wept. Yeah. I mean, these are all things that we see in scripture. In Hebrews 4, uh, 15, it says, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, mm. but we as one who's been tempted in every way, just as we are. And it also says that, um, a little bit later on that um son though he was he learned obedience from what he suffered and once made perfect he became the source of eternal salvation for all mm. which is amazing so it's um but i i think going back to what you said about hope yeah. um is is so key to having hope in the midst of the suffering and, and bill johnson just um, gave a sermon was it a oh. week or so ago yeah last uh, yeah, a week ago um because he lost his wife benny yeah three days before he preached the sermon mm -hmm. i'm thinking wow would <laughs> you be able to get up there and yeah. preach in the midst of that and he just he bared his heart mm -hmm. um it was it was beautiful it was really yeah. really beautiful and there were a lot of actually when i go back and listen to it again there were a lot of i think important lessons in it but but some of the stuff that really stood out to me, he talks about, you know, how we do have this peace that passes understanding mm -hmm. yeah. and, and that peace can exist even with the pain. It doesn't yeah. mean that, that we don't have grief or we don't mm -hmm. experience pain, but we have the peace that passes understanding, which means we, give up our right to understand yeah. what's happening. We, we don't have that right to always know what's going on. Yeah. We have to embrace that, that mystery in some sense. And, and when we can't embrace that mystery, we, we miss out on what he's doing. Yeah. And I, I love this quote from him. He says, there are some things you can only find in the valley of the shadow of death. There are some aspects of the kingdom that you can only find through childlike trust. Mm -hmm. And that just rings so true to me. Yeah. I mean, that was absolutely my experience. Mm -hmm. And nobody wants to walk through that valley. Yeah. But the thing is that it's the shadow of death. Death is not our destiny. Right. But we walk through the shadow of it with him. Yeah. And it, as we do that, he comforts us and mm -hmm. he guides us and we're never alone. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's a beautiful image, really. Yeah, it is. And I thought about the poetic nature of that phrase, the mm. shadow of death. Yeah. Because yeah. like, de yeah. death net doesn't hold, it has nothing on us anymore. Yeah. But we walk through the shadow of it in this world mm -hmm. right now because yeah. death still exists. It's all there. But, but as a believer, as a Christian, you know, death wears your victory. Mm -hmm. Death wears your sting. Mm -hmm. It yeah. doesn't actually have power over us in any eternal sense mm -hmm. anymore. However, our experience of walking through that valley of the shadow of death is real. Yeah. And it's painful. Yeah. And so we can't deny the reality of that. And even in the reality, I think like you were saying, you both were saying it's so good to grieve. Mm -hmm. And it's never bad to go to God and say, I'm having a hard time. Right. But then... I think we can kind of stay in a hopelessness mm -hmm. or we can move into a grieving, but still having hope mm -hmm. and still having 
openness to God and openness to what he wants to do. Yeah. And I think that's the key of, well, not the key per se. There's not like a book on, you know, mm-hmm. a guidebook or anything, but I just, I feel like when we close ourselves off, it's often because of hopelessness or frustration mm-hmm. right. where we're yeah. saying, I don't want anything to do with this because it's not working. Yeah. Right. But when we tune ourselves back into God, it's saying, I'm grieving. This is really mm-hmm. hard, but, and that's the thing is there's yeah. a, but like, but mm-hmm. I'm listening and I'm here and I want yeah. for us to be in this together. And I'm, yeah. I want my healing and I'm praying, but I'm also with you. And I'm, yeah. I want to be with you, God, mm-hmm. in the midst of every single step. And to not try to rush through those seasons. Because yeah. that's a temptation mm-hmm. to say, just get me through this. But, but to have the courage to sit in that, knowing that God is there, and, and to experience yeah. stillness. And, yeah, to just see what he has to teach us in those moments. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And, and when we do that, there's, there's grace. Mm-hmm. There's, I really think, gifts to be found. Treasures that are only found in the secret place mm-hmm. that then we can impart to others as they walk through struggles mm-hmm. and times of uncertainty and grief. And we can really love each other and provide comfort mm-hmm. when we know what it's like to walk through that as well. Mm-hmm. And that's part of... That's part of the the gift of community that God has put us mm. into as, so as a body. Isn't it? Mm-hmm. That we we can't do this stuff alone. Yeah. Sometimes our, our tendency is maybe not sometimes so often our tendency is when we when we're in these kinds of places, it's to retreat. Yeah. And we retreat into ourselves and we say, I can't deal with with others. And I think partly that's also the enemy trying to cut us off. Yeah. The enemy loves isolation, but we're put into a body, this beautiful body of other believers that are meant to just come around one another when we're struggling and suffering, because the reality is that we in our humanness cannot do it alone. Yeah. We're not meant to do it alone. Right. That's what Jesus modeled. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we might not know how to comfort. I was just talking to, so I'm going through a hard week as well. Mm -hmm. Um, Just with a few health things that have happened and some family stuff. But I was talking to a friend yesterday and she is just the most wonderful. I love her. Mm -hmm. Um, But she, I was telling her that, you know, it's hard because I don't know how others can help me Mm -hmm. really. I'm I'm voicing what I'm going through and I'm I'm speaking it out because I really do want people to know what's going on. But then I I don't know what they can really do. So it feels so useless sometimes to voice what we're going through. Yeah. Yeah. But she put it so well. She's like, you know, sometimes all we can say is that we're going to be praying for you and that we're with you. But Mm -hmm. that's, I can't change it for you, but I can be with you. And that's so, but it made me feel just as good. I mean, she really can't fix it for me, but she can just tell me that her heart is for me and that she's with me. And to me, that was like, that was such a, medicine to my heart yeah. yeah to know that someone is waiting with us in a sense yeah mm-hmm. yeah and obviously we can do practical things too when we can she doesn't live here she can't do anything right, but right. we you know we can do practical things too like helping with food or whatever right but a lot of times it's just making ourselves available to listen and to yeah. be with them yeah a ministry of presence yeah it's worth so much yeah
it's one thing I found very personally. I was in Chicago for a month, as you guys know, with my dad, who's in hospice care right now. And part of being there was I found that I was isolated from community, which was very hard. And when I got back, I realized just how much I missed being in community and connection with other people who I love and care for and are part of the body. And it, it, it felt like, it almost felt like, um, I think of those stories of, of babies who don't get love and comfort, you know, as, as orphans. And so they just sort of basically atrophy and, and a failure to thrive. Failure to thrive. Yeah. And so it, I think we can get in that place sometimes where we cut ourselves off in the midst of grief and actually just compounds then mm. our problem because mm. we're, we're not being fed with the life that Jesus, I mean, Jesus is always there with us, yeah. but we need other people to be speaking, even if they can't, like you said, do anything to fix the problem, but speaking life and just being mm -hmm. present. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's what for us is so that's important. That's what the body is there for. Yeah. So that's um, that's such an important part, and actually, it's it's, it's a gift that we've been given. Mm -hmm. That's what Jesus promised at the end of of Matthew. You know, I will be with you always, even to the end of the age. And and as his birth was announced, he was announced as Emmanuel, right? God with us. So he has promised to be with us always. But the body of Christ is also that presence of him now carry his spirit. as well. So, so we can, we can be comforted through all of that. So I guess that really brings us to the question of, of where do we go in the midst of suffering? How do we receive that comfort? And I think maybe this would be a good place to end on mm. that we have a God who has promised us comfort in the midst of suffering and trial. He's he is the God of all comfort. God of all comfort. He's put us in a body, um, if you're a believer, that's meant to provide comfort. And then the question is, um, do we trust that God truly loves us and that he will be there for us in the midst of the very darkest places of our lives? Mm that he is forever consistent, forever unchanging, and that he is always, always, always seeking out ways to demonstrate his love for us, mm -hmm. even if we can't in that very moment see it. But he knows, I can, I can see him. I just have this picture right now of him, of him saying, my beloved, you don't see what I'm doing now. He's a smile on his face. It's like a smile mixed with sort of an empathy and a sadness as well. But my, my beloved child, I love you. And you don't see, you can only see in part right now what I'm doing. But there will come a day when you will see and you will know what I have accomplished in your heart through this situation. And you will see that I am good and you will see the incredible depth of my love for you. So we want to encourage you um, who are listening right now, whether you're in a season of great trial and despair, or maybe this is a great season. Maybe, maybe you've never been happier in your life right now. 
we still want to encourage you that you have a God, we have a God who is beyond comprehension loving. That <laughs> it's beyond anything that we can ever imagine. And let's pray together for just a minute. Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you that there is no one like you. Thank you that you are the same yesterday as you are today and as you will be tomorrow. That yesterday you were loving, today you were loving, and tomorrow you will be loving, regardless of what our circumstances in this moment might be. And I pray that Father, you will pour out your love into our hearts, whatever we might be circumstantially, that you will pour that love out into our hearts now in a deeper and greater measure. So that when the storms come, like in Matthew 7 with the wise and foolish builders, that when the storms come, when the waters rage, that our foundation will be on the rock will be on you. That when the weeds come up and try to choke away the joy that we have in you, like in the parable of the sower, that we will see you and say, you know what? These weeds have no hold on me. Because you are bigger, you are greater, and you are good. So we thank you for being that foundation, that rock, that solid ground upon which we stand, never shifting, never shaking, never changing, always true, always good, always loving, always faithful, always with us. Fill us. We pray with more of your love and yourself. We give you thanks and we give you praise for who you are. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, I guess that's it for today. Thanks so much for joining us. And if you are enjoying this podcast, uh, we'd love it if you'd leave us a review. Um, that really helps us get, get the word out there. So thanks so much. And we'll talk to you next time. Bless you. To learn more about the ministry, go to loveinsideout.org. If you liked this episode, please consider donating at loveinsideout.org forward slash donate. Thank you so much for listening and have a blessed week. Thank you.